All right, today we are talking about eight types of nightmare customers. So I know we'll probably talk and focus a little more on maybe calling them clients even, but I feel like clients, customers, you're definitely going to find these eight types of people to work with. Balancing building a successful business and being a superstar mom is hard. And yet, in today's digital world, it's more common than ever. The question becomes, how do we successfully grow a business and children at the same time? Join us for a candid conversation as we share our experiences and insights into marketing and motherhood. I'm Jessie Valle. And I'm Angela Reeder. Welcome to the Marketing Moms Podcast. All right, so I'm... I'm kind of excited to talk about this because I feel like it's really important to be able to recognize nightmare customers and clients. Now, when I say a nightmare customer, it's hard because you have your product out there and they just buy it, right? You can be a little more discerning with clients because typically when you are a service provider meeting with someone, you kind of vet them before you work with them. And so sometimes right. you can get like the hints of who they are before you work with them one-on-one. -on -one. Jesse and I had a lot of fun putting this list together and kind of reminiscing over some of our past experiences. Oh yeah. So we hope to not only point out some of these nightmare customers, but also maybe how you can recognize them and what you can do about them if you're stuck in a situation where you've got one. And believe me, Angela and I, even to this day, we still get stuck with some of these people. And sometimes you just got to navigate it till the end of the contract, you know? Yeah. Okay. Our person number one, or our type number one, is the wishy-washy. So the wishy-washy is someone who doesn't quite know what they want or they change their mind a lot or I'll know it when I see it. I kind of like this, but I, I don't know. I kind of like that. What do you think? Uh... And they're also the person that like says they want one thing and then you do it and you give it to them and they're like, you know, I actually, re I found this and that looks really, really cool. And it is completely opposite from what you, like, these are not tiny revisions. This is a complete start yes. over from scratch. Yes. And I, a lot of times you'll find them to where they'll, they like ask your opinion and mm -hmm. like, I'm generally pretty clear with clients about like where I feel comfortable giving my opinion, but almost always, if you do give an opinion, that's, that's not what they want. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. These clients are really tough to work with, but one way to kind of mitigate that is to make sure in all of these really, one of the best ways is to make sure that you have an ironclad agreement up front. So for example, yes. with the wishy-washy, make sure you have a specific number of revisions baked into your contract. Otherwise they yes. will just change and change and change and change. 
Yeah. These also tend to be the clients that will, especially if you are like a long-term provider for them, they will pop in with, oh, I really want to do this thing. Can you make that happen? With like not a whole lot of guidelines, but like, can you make this happen and get it done by this time? And then you do it and they're like, oh no, I decided not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You, you still got to pay me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You still have to pay me. Thanks. Okay. So that is the wishy-washy. Next, number two, we have the penny pincher. Now, I think we've all dealt with these people because, again, whether you are someone who has like a service provider, like specific clients, or you are someone who has a product. I mean, let's say that you sell, you know, e-commerce, you sell t-shirts. Someone is always going to be in there saying, can I buy two for the price of one? Or Mm. what if I bought multiple, will you give me a discount? These are the people who are constantly bargain hunting. They're the the penny pinchers, the people who just don't find the same amount of value in what you offer as you do, which is totally cool. Like not everybody values something the same way. And I think that especially as, and that's a whole nother tangent, but as a service provider, sometimes it's hard to raise your rates because you aren't the type of person that would pay that much, but you are sometimes not your ideal customer. Yep. So even and if you actually wouldn't have... pay it, doesn't mean other people will. Right. Yeah. And I actually have a little bit of an example of this um, that my husband likes to tell the story. Uh, so I'll, I crochet. I like to make things. And a long time ago, before I started my online business. I had made just a whole ton of things, blankets, little blankets, scarves, little tiny stuffed animals. And I took them all to a craft fair and I had so many people stop by that were like, I'm not going to pay $20 for a scarf that I can get for $5 at Walmart. I'm like, well then go down to Walmart and get yourself a $5 scarf. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's, that's kind of what you run into if you are someone who sells products where it's, they want to compare what you have to something that's not actually the same thing in order Mm -hmm. to try and make you give them a discount or give them something for free. Yeah. Yeah, a craft fair is a really great example because a lot of those places people go just to haggle. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, like, I'm not going to go to the doctor's office and haggle how much they're (laughs) charging me. I just pay. Yeah, and if there's anywhere you want to haggle a price, it's a doctor's office. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I just pay, like... I had to take my son to the emergency room several weeks ago um, for a really high fever. And I got the bill for that. And I was like, oh, stabbed to the heart. Wish I could haggle that down, but I paid it. No kidding. You know, I'm just like, whatever, paid, done, out of my life. So yes, like the way to avoid this is to, here's one of the best ways to do it, especially as a, I mean, it doesn't necessarily work for people who have set products, but for service providers, the easiest way is to say, okay, well, I was going to do X, Y, Z for you for this price. If you're more comfortable with your budget being this, 
then which of these two things do you want? I'm not going to do all three, but I'll do two of them. Which one do you want to drop? And so you don't have to, to um, not sacrifice, you don't have to give in to their desire for less. You can just say, cool, you want to pay less, I'll do less work. Right. And so you don't have to compromise. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. You don't have to compromise your fees or your integrity. Well, I don't want to say your integrity, but you know what I mean? Like you don't have to compromise what you've set for yourself just because they are penny pinchers. Yep. And if you are running like a product business and e-commerce business, e-commerce business or an MLM, sometimes you can run sales and that's a good opportunity to say, okay, like you don't want to pay this. I'll let you know when our next spring sale is or whatever. Maybe you can find something then. Yeah. They're just looking for an in for you to back down. Yeah. And I know it's really hard to be strong because I mean, I've been there and Angela has too. When we were first starting our businesses, we did not want to drive away a customer for anybody yeah like, if someone's gonna pay me if I say no well they're gonna go find somebody else well you know what mm-hmm. it might be for the best if they leave yeah. you over that that probably would not have been your only issue working with them because right. to me when they want a lower price it also means they don't value your work so that could open the gate to other mistreatment or nightmare situations during your working relationship. And another thing I would recommend for product um, providers is have a very clear refund policy because Mm -hmm. that's another thing you'll get into with the penny pinchers is that they'll buy something and then immediately ask for a refund. I see Mm -hmm. this a lot with course providers too, where somebody will buy the course, go through it and then demand a refund. (laughs) Yes. So just have a really, really clear refund policy. Mm -hmm. All right. Type number three is the micromanager. So these are people who like, and this is specifically for service providers, because as a service provider, you are, and we talked about this in in a couple weeks ago when we talked about employee versus a freelancer. You are your own boss. People can ask you to do something, but they're buying the end result. They cannot, I mean, yes, there's like a deadline, but they can't micromanage how you do it, when you do it, where you do it. They just want the end result. So these people, the micromanagers, are the ones that are going to swoop in and tell you how to do it even when they should not (laughs) or they don't know how to do it or they don't know how to do it. And yet they (laughs) act like they do. So they want things done a certain way and they're very micromanaging controlling, Mm -hmm. but this is not like, that's more of And I hate to say that's more of an employee mentality, but as an employee, they can tell you how to do something. Right. But as a freelancer, they cannot. Yeah. I mean, they can say yeah, it, these but it are, doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> yeah. These are also the people that are constantly going to be questioning your skills and your knowledge in your field. So if you tell 
one of these clients, okay, we have to do X, Y, Z in order to make what you want happen. They're going to push back and be like, well, why can't we do ABC? Why does it have to be X, Y, Z? Why can't we do it this other way? Because that's the way I want it done. And it's like, well, because that's not going to (laughs) work. And Angela and I are techies. And so this especially happens with us when we're working with non-techies because they don't understand how things work sometimes. And we're like, just trust us. And they don't want to. They just don't see it because they don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that goes back to like the, you know, they are feeling like because they are paying for the end result that they get to dictate how you get to that end result but like I'm not going to take my car to a mechanic and then tell him how to fix it Mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna yeah trust his expertise and trust that he knows what he's doing and say you know what I'm paying for my car to be fixed in the end I don't care how you get there yeah yep that's a good good example all right number four is the all that client <laughs> she I, I say she because I mean it could be a he um I have actually worked with a he all that before um they're the divas they're the ones that are I'm so cool I'm an influencer <laughs> you are lucky to work with me yep so they're the ones that think they are hot stuff yes yep and one big red flag for these and one of the ways that you can kind of get an idea that that's the kind of client you're talking to is if they start with I've worked with what however many number of whatever they're trying to hire you for like I've Mm -hmm. worked with several tech VAs and they just can't couldn't get it done or couldn't do it right or whatever that's kind of a big indicator that you're working with and all that run (laughs) yes or someone that you can tell has has like turnover in employees Mm -hmm. and contractors often yes I know that it's like one of those things where you're like I'm gonna be the one to change them you're not oh yeah you're not it's like you know sometimes working with clients and customers can feel like a relationship you're not gonna be the one that comes in and changes (laughs) the man okay (laughs) Yes, exactly. This is not Hallmark. <laughs> hey, don't you down on my Hallmark movies. Uh, but you're right. There are people that just magically change. And I'm just like, what? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, they're, they're the all that's. So, like, yeah, like, like this... I've certainly worked with my fair share of these people and they just think so highly of themselves Yeah, that they just think... And while it's not... Well, I was going to say, they think they can just snap their fingers and people are going to say, what do you need? Yes. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's not always the case because I have worked with a couple of like big names in their industry that were very lovely people and amazing for sure clients we're just like stereotyping this also (laughs) yeah well they also tend to be like bigger names in their niche or like up-and-coming names 
in whatever market they're in where they feel like I've got so many followers and people are recognizing my name and so I can just I've paid my dues and now I get to be you know top dog and I get to tell everybody how it works oh I like that the top dog yes (laughs) exactly and and here's the thing is a lot of times that person is kind of like the one that we just talked about they want the micromanager they're the ones that want things a certain way but they don't actually understand it Mm-hmm. And so they're telling you they want something, but it's like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yes. So I would say that the red flags on these are just, yes, the, I've worked with so many people before. Mm-hmm. Um, that lets you know right there that they're never satisfied, which kind yeah. of rolls into our next one. So I'll save that. But just like the red flags yeah. of yes, working with so many people, um, and the way that they would toot their own horn. Yeah. Versus, or if they don't. Well, I was just going to say they don't they, give credit. Yes, like they toot their own horn versus trying to focus on you and what you can do to help or, yeah. you know, your accomplishments. Yeah. Or if it's someone that you know has a team that you're going to be working with, and they go through the whole initial call without mentioning their team once. I have noticed is like a big red flag for those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that rolls us into number five, which is the bad mannered. So this is the person that this is, this is almost like the diva without them actually being a top dog in their industry. This is someone who is like Mm -hmm. a jerk. They're never happy. They're the ones that drain your energy to no end. Yeah. They have absolutely no reason to think that they're all that, but they do anyway. (laughs) Why did this take you so long? Yes. (laughs) Why did this take so long? I didn't think this would take so long, especially if they're like a retainer client. You get that a lot. Like you have a five hour retainer. Why Why did that take you three hours? Why did that take you half of the retainer? Well. Yeah. yeah, These are also people that are very negative all the time. Yeah, They're just not friendly people. They complain a lot about com- you and about mm-hmm. like other team members or people and they're so working with. And so for this with. one, they've also probably worked with a lot of people in the past. Yeah. The turnover is high. Yeah. It's like a version of the diva. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it It is. Yes. Except that sometimes they're cruel just to be cruel. The diva oftentimes yeah. doesn't realize they're being cruel. Right. Or or what they say comes off condescending. Mm-hmm. These people know it. They're literally yeah. using the evilness as a tactic to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're also going to have a little bit sometimes it's hard to tell them from like the penny pinchers at first because they're also going to be the ones that are constantly trying to get you to give them a discount or do extra work or cut prices, try to, you know, if you give them a a specific rate for a project, then they want you to take money off for whatever. Mm -hmm. 
So this is, I, I also read somewhere that like your, one of your biggest commodities is your energy. And yes. these are the people who zap it. These people just suck that energy out of you. And so by the end of the project, you just like you flinch every time you think about it. <laughs> like, I don't want to go finish this. And then at the same time, you're like, I just want to get done. Yeah, I just want to have this over with. So I would say that in your initial call before working with them, if they mention things about working with so many people and they just can't get it right, red flags. Just yeah. Just they're not a they're not going to be a good fit. If you're enjoying this candid chat, you can get early access, exclusive content and more by supporting us on Patreon. Simply visit patreon.com forward slash marketing moms. Now back to the show. Okay. Number six is the scope creeper slash bloodsucker. Yes. We <laughs> so, see this a lot with service businesses. Yes. So when I was first starting my business, um, I heard someone use the term scope creep and I was like, that is not a thing. You literally just made that up. (laughs) It sounds so ridiculous, but I assure you it is a thing. So a scope creeper is, so you have a scope of the project and then they creep up on it. They want more than what you agreed to. They want to bend it. They want to insert stuff that you didn't really necessarily agree with. So the biggest way to stop a scope creeper is having everything laid out very well in your contract. Yep. And one thing to watch for with scope creepers, and I've had this quite a bit with clients that don't necessarily mean any harm by it, but Mm -hmm. that is the one more thing. Can you just like do this one little 10 minute thing for me? And then that turns into like another 10 minute thing, or it's not a 10 minute thing. It turns into an hour thing. Mm -hmm. And then because you didn't say up front, yeah, but you're going to have to pay me. You feel bad to go back and be like, that took me an hour. Like, (laughs) you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. So sometimes it's a matter of, and, and sometimes it's even, oh, hey, I, I, uh, had this brilliant idea. What if we did this when we're in the middle of the project? Yep. And so the another way is like, wow, like validate them. That is a great idea. You know what? As soon as we're done with this that we've already agreed to and have a timeline for, we will create another, you know, I will scope that out and we'll do another project for it. That will shut them down yeah. right there because they don't want to yes. pay for another project. They wanted it added to this one and you're like no so holding boundaries comes super important when you're working with the blood-sucking scope creepers yep they also tend to want meetings for everything like before you do any move on to the next step they want to have a meeting about what's going to happen, how it's going to go. And meetings aren't necessarily bad. They can be really helpful, especially if it's going to avoid a lot of back and forth by email or in a project manager system. But this is like, it's it's one of the, this meeting could have been an email type Mm -hmm. meetings. Yeah. (laughs) 
because they're like and it's just another way for them to get like yeah they're just picking your brain they're trying to get your opinion or your suggestion on things that they wouldn't necessarily pay for but if they can get you in a meeting you're gonna feel uncomfortable not responding yeah exactly I actually uh, fairly recently had someone that was kind of like this where they had a team and one person hired me, but then another person on the team like demanded certain results and wanted to like jump in and be like, well, why wasn't it done this way? And why is this happening? And um, what do you think? And I had to hold up and say, you know what? You hired me to do this thing. You did not hire me for my expertise on strategy. Yeah. So, no, I'm not going to answer that. Could I? Sure. I have marketing expertise and I could answer them with all these strategic things, but they didn't hire me for that. They had hired me for a tech thing. So I just kind of like said, you know what? That was not a part of our contract. And that shut them down. They backed off. I I think more and more people are realizing that, one, this is a thing, and service providers are starting to push back on it. But then also people who hire service providers are starting to recognize that that is a thing that happens. Because I have had more and more clients that will ask for something and will say up front, hey, if this isn't part of our scope, give me a quote for it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's starting to become more and more recognized um, as there are more and more like online providers, especially that people are recognizing like, oh, I can't just ask for this Mm -hmm. extra thing. Yeah. I mean, the scope creepers are going to try. Oh, yeah. They're still going to. Yeah. The scope creepers are still going to try. But I have noticed more and more people kind of recognizing that scope is a thing now (laughs) yeah and it's not even specifically about um you know online service providers like i also immediately thought of hairstylists oh yes are doing someone's hair and they just want one more thing or they just want you to well why can't you just do this real quick um because that's an extra cost Yeah, that's an extra cost. It's time I did not plan for you needing. Like, I have mm-hmm. other clients. Yeah. Exactly. And the interesting thing is, okay, so speaking of hairstylists, um, I actually signed my son up for a, an appointment earlier, and it was really cool because they have an app, right? I love how businesses have apps. My yes. husband, like, the moment that. I was doing it, he's like, are you downloading an app? I'm like, yeah. I download yeah. all the apps. All the apps. <laughs> so anyway, so on this haircutting, it's a it's a kid's haircutting place, right? So of course there's like the kid's haircut, but then there's added things. Like if you want to them to also braid the hair, if you want mm-hmm. them to, and this is for adults too, if you wanted them to wash and cut or yeah. just cut. So a washing cut costs more than a cut. Most of us are familiar with that, but this place was like, If you want us to braid their hair, it's extra. If you want us to style the hair, it's extra. And so for me, it's almost like, cool, here's your list of services and you get to piece together your own package almost. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're going to get a discount just because you picked off a whole bunch of things. So. Yep. All right. Number seven are the slow pokes. They're the slow pokes. 
Angela and I actually discussed this before naming it the slowpoke. We're like, is this a Midwestern thing to call someone a slowpoke? <laughs> I slow have no poke. idea because we are both Midwesterners. So I have no idea if people yes. in other places of the country don't use the word slowpoke. But we do. <laughs> yeah. If if you don't or if you use something else, find us on Instagram and tell us what. Because I swear sometimes I use terminology and people are like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> and we're just like, that's just a normal part of our vocabulary. Just, okay. Yeah. So the slow pokes are people who are just slow. Yes. They are the ones who drag everything on. They don't pay you on time they don't get you what you need which that one really irks me because I've had people like that that are so excited to get started and then you get them like they pay the first invoice and then they're so slow to get you what you need you're like okay dude you wanted this done in a month but you're taking two weeks to get me what I needed when I needed to start right away this is not going to get done in a month yeah you know what I've run into a couple times, like relatively recently, is people who want a really big project with a specific end date and time. Like, I need this done by next Monday. Mm-hmm. But then they drag their feet on even like signing the contract and paying the invoice until like Wednesday. And it's like, I can't do that in four days. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you wanted it done by Monday, you should have signed the stuff a week ago when I sent it to you and gave me all the stuff I needed. Yeah. I've had that recently too, where, and I almost feel like this should also be a part of one of the previous ones, but they were so excited to get started. They signed the contract and then they weren't comfortable giving me access to the stuff. Oh yeah. I've had that happen too. It's like, wait, what? You, you literally hired me. Like we've signed contracts that I'm not going to steal your stuff and all that stuff, but it wasn't good enough somehow. Like you won't give me access to what I need to do what you hired me to do. Right. What? (laughs) Yeah. Or they'll give you access to some stuff, but not other stuff. I've had that a few times. Like they'll give me access to Facebook business manager where I can like get in and run ads for them if I wanted to, but they won't give me like an email password. (laughs) Yeah. But then again, that is their own personal insecurities. Yes. And maybe they've been burned in the past. That's that's another reason to have, like, yeah, that's another reason to have Have those processes in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then having your contracts that, like, their stuff is their stuff. Anything you create belongs to them because they're paying you for it, that kind of stuff. Um, But I would say that also, in some of the longer contracts, I've actually had certain deadlines. So so almost yes. like milestones. By X date, we're going to have this much done. By X date, we're going to have this much done. But you need to also write in there, provided you get the materials you need. Yeah. Or even I've seen people add stuff for their clients. Like by X date, you will get me XYZ so that I can get mm. this done by X date. Yeah, especially when it comes to helping course creators who don't have the course created yet. Yeah. I've seen that several times where like they maybe have part of it or they have the vision and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to build this course in the next eight weeks. And then they don't. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I planned on this being an eight week project in my own timeline and now it's turning into a six month thing 
this is not right yeah yeah it's almost like a weird form of scope creep <laughs> yeah for your time yeah they are the slow pokes because they have yes. all every intention of getting you the stuff and they sure. communicate that's the other thing is they communicate with you they'll communicate to you yeah they're just like oh, i don't have it yet or oh i'm gonna get to it tomorrow and then they don't like <laughs> you're yeah. so slow um, I thought it was funny that there was this one project I did that we talked about it getting done in a month. And again, because I didn't get what I needed, it actually got pushed to like three months. And yet yeah. at the end of those three months, the other people on their team came to me and they said, that is the fastest we've ever done anything. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was dying <laughs> about how slow it was. Right. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Yeah. And that puts pressure on you too, when they don't get you what you need. And then you're kind of cramming work in to try and meet a deadline. Yeah. But also it, it kills you because you had planned in your schedule for something to take only a couple months. And then, uh oh, why does it say lost connection? Okay. Looks like we're good. Oh, success. Okay. And this sucks because you are trying to, like, you wrote out your schedule. You were expecting to have this much work during this time. And then they were so slow, it went past that. You know, like, I had one client where they didn't get me what they needed. So it went late. And then there, there was a week where I was actually gone at a conference. And then all of a sudden, they wanted all these things. I'm just like, this yeah. should have been done weeks ago. I was not planning to work for, you know, work with you during this month. And yet yeah. here we are, I'm busy. And all of a sudden it's an emergency when you should have done it weeks yeah. ago. And here I am yes. staying up till one, two in the morning during this conference working. It was a nightmare. That's one of the reasons why I was just like, I needed to make sure that I, yes, like you said, maybe even putting in the contract deadlines for them. Yeah. Yeah, but and also it's you need to like say what's going to happen if they don't. So like if yeah. they don't, and it's get frustrating it, when what does it's it mean? the invoice too. Like when you're waiting to get paid, it's really because it's like I counted on that money being here at a certain time. <laughs> like you know, and I know that's not as big a deal to everybody, but it's the principle of the thing. Like if you say the invoice is due on this date, that's when I'm planning on having the money or I'm planning on having the money in three or four days from then after mm -hmm. everything gets done processing. And then when you don't pay that on time, like you're messing with people's budgets. Yes. And a lot of times when you are, say, have a reti retainer client, so yeah. they're supposed to pay you, you know, every month for something it is a okay. Like we're giving you permission, even though you don't need our permission for anything, <laughs> but we give your permission to say, you know what? I'm not going to do any work this month until you pay me for last month. Yeah. But that's another reason sometimes service providers get paid upfront. So like you get paid yeah. at the beginning of the month for all the work you're going to do. And in that sense, yeah. you will not work until you've been paid. Yeah. Think about it. Someone cannot wear the shirt until they buy it. They're not going to get the work done until they buy it. Yeah. 
So that's why, especially like with big projects, I maybe chunk it, but I still get a good percentage up front because I'm not going to start working for free. Yeah. I'm not yep. going to let them run out on well. me. <laughs> Which brings us to number eight, the yes. ghost, the ghost zombie, the ghoster zombie, the person who yes. ghosts you. Which means that they're so excited, they sign the contract, maybe they even pay you, and then poof, they're gone. <laughs> yep, they and sometimes it you. really does. Yes, and it leaves you like, did I imagine that? Did I imagine signing a new client? <laughs> did I really talk to them? <laughs> and sometimes it sucks because if they paid you, you're like, yay, I'm, I'm really excited to have that money. But I want to do what you paid me for, and you're not around. Yep. Honestly. Yep. And that's the... where the zombie part comes in. Yeah. Okay, explain. Okay. So the zombie part is when you get paid. Like, they sign the contract. They pay the invoice. They may even get you part of the stuff you need. And then they ghost, and they're gone for weeks or months. And then show up and expect to pick up the project right where it left off. Or if it's like a longer project, they expect it to still be done on time, even though they have been gone for months. Um, and then, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, you paid me, so I want to do the service. But like, you've been MIA for six months. Like, I can't just pick up where I left off. That's not going to work. <laughs> that reminds me, I once had a client, I'm not even joking. This was a very heavily involved project. Like we needed like, and they wanted it like a fast turnaround time that we were going to do this big project in, I don't know, like a month, but they needed to be heavily involved. The second week after we signed the contract, they went out of the country for a week. <laughs> I literally yep. could not communicate with them. They were out of the country. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes. How did you and they may or may done? not tell you. They didn't. They didn't until it was like, yeah. oh, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like they may or may not tell you that they're leaving. So you may just be stuck going, I hope they're okay. Like, I can't get a hold of my client. I don't know what's going on. They didn't tell me they were going anywhere. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. So and especially like in this day and age, like with all of the stuff going on because I, I have had a few clients ghost and come back a few months later and be like, Oh my gosh, I had like our whole family got COVID yeah. <laughs> and we were out for like three months. Right. So I would say the best thing to do for these people is to send them the email. Angela oh, knows yes. what email I'm talking about. It's the like a magic email, the magic yes. email. Okay, hold on. I'm going to Google it because I have to say it word for word. It's amazing. It is. It's so And good. also, if you ever want to Google it, you can just Google magic the email magic and email. it's going to be like the first thing that comes up. <laughs> and the interesting thing about the magic email is not only will they most likely respond right away. <laughs> yes. But if they don't, the best thing for you to do is just to refund the money and move mm -hmm. on. Because when they finally yeah. show up months later, exactly, you were not expecting to have them in your schedule at that time. Why do you have to bend yourself in order to accommodate their slow pokiness 
they're ghosting just it, the best thing for your soul because you're going to be like it's going to weigh heavy on you for the next several months until yeah. they show up it's like but they paid me but i gotta do it and now i don't know how just refund it and move on like it yeah. sucks to give money back it really really does but the amount of energy you're spending worrying about it is not helping you in any way yeah all right and do I, we have I I do. I do. But real quick, I have seen some service providers put a clause in the contract that if a client is out of communication for X number of time without like prearranging it, then they get to keep the money. And if the client still wants the project, they have to start over with a new deposit. Ooh. Like I, that's becoming more and more a thing. Oh, hold on. Okay. Okay. I, I could be down with that. But again, it's like, you're not, you're not stuffing it in the contract. You would definitely want to say like, Hey, just so you know, this clause is here. And so it, it's about setting those boundaries right up front. This is how I work. This is how you're going to work with me. <laughs> it's like, again, you don't show up for a doctor's appointment three hours late and expect them to still see you. It just doesn't work that way. Okay, here is the magic email. Since I have not heard from you on this, I have to assume your priorities have changed. That's it. That's all. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I actually magic emailed, only it wasn't an email. It was a, a direct message to someone. So um, I work in a, in a Slack group that has a bunch of contractors and stuff. And there was this one person I was trying to work with and they like ghosted and so i did it i did the mat i did i mean i did a version of the magic email i just said something like if i do not hear from you in the next if i do not you know if i do not hear from you in the next day i will need to us you know i will need to work with somebody else on this which as a contractor if you work with somebody else that equals you don't get paid <laughs> And guess what? Yeah, Within exactly. 10 minutes, he responded to me. It was magic. Yes. I would say the majority of, I haven't had to use it a whole lot, but the majority of times I have used the magic email, I have gotten a response and it's almost always, oh my gosh, no, I still want to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you just have to, because it's putting it on them. Oh, your priorities have changed. Yeah. It's, yeah, it just, I don't know. There's something magic about it. it. That's why it it's is. the magic it's email. The magic email. It's amazing. Yep. And like I said, if you listen to this, yeah. And if you listen to this episode and you're like, what was that email? You can just Google the magic email. It's the, the very magic. first result. <laughs> the magic email. Magic. All right. So those are our eight nightmare customers how to recognize them, and then some of our hints on how to deal with them, but also, you know, those red flags that you can see that maybe you can just pause and not work with them. <laughs> yes. Or if yep. you are stuck working with them, how you might be able to navigate. So did we miss yep. something? If if you feel like we missed one, let us know on Instagram at Marketing Moms Podcast. We would love to hear, or even if you have a, sh uh, a story to share. 
because yes, I just tips. think sometimes these crazy stories are absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like, how did this person think this was going to fly? <laughs> yes. Yeah. How did that, how did they think that was going to work? Or if you have tips, like if you've dealt with some of these nightmare customers and you have tips for other service providers or other product providers on how to deal with some of this, please come find us on Instagram and let us know. Ooh, if you use the magic email, I want to know how it went. Oh yeah. <laughs> Angela and I are going to do a post this week about the magic email. For sure. Yes, definitely. Right. So your your homework this week, you know, I feel almost like this is the very first time that we don't necessarily have to have a homework. This is more of a cautionary yeah. tale. Yes. Yeah. Maybe think back on some nightmare clients you've had and maybe make a note of some of those red flags to look for in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe just like start planning on how you would deal with them. Yep, and the same thing if you are, yourself. like Angela said, uh, you know, if you are um, not a service provider, if you have customers, make sure you have a solid refund policy. That's huge. Yep. And also having a yep. solid refund policy also helps you sleep better at night because you know yeah. exactly what to expect and uh -huh. you, you feel like people aren't going to try to bend the rules because you are extremely clear. I mean, they'll, they'll always yeah. try to bend the rules, but. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good refund policy. Think about ways to respond to bad reviews, just different things like that to kind of, so that it's not quite as stressful when it happens. You sort of have like a preemptive plan in place. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us today. We're so honored this is where you chose to spend your time. If this episode helped you in some way, please share it with another mom who needs to hear it. We're in this together. And if you're looking to spend even more time with us, visit marketingmomspodcast.com for more episodes, free goodies, and ways to connect. Don't forget to check out our brand new Marketing Moms book now available on Amazon.